A word for today, Lions Down's daily podcast to help you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. Nothing could matter more. This isn't to replace your personal Bible reading and prayer, but rather encourage and help you in it. Peter is presenting the doctrine of the day of the Lord or the second coming of Christ or the day of judgment as the most important doctrine that Christians are to hold on to, a doctrine that will give shape to their lives, a doctrine that we know in our heads but perhaps do not uh, respect as we should within our hearts, a doctrine that should govern our attitude and our outlook and our lives. And uh, I'm going to read again verse 10 of chapter 3 and then go on to verses 11 and 12. Peter is going to remind us what the day of the Lord is and then tell us how we should respond. This is vital teaching for the Christian church. Verse 10 of 2 Peter chapter 3. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. So there Peter is assuring Christian believers that the day of the Lord, that the but is there. When he says but the day of the Lord, he is opposing the scoffers who mock the idea, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. We saw yesterday he meant unexpectedly, certainly not surreptitiously. Everybody is going to notice. And then he goes on to say, the heavens will pass away with a roar, the heavenly bodies will be burned up. That, by the way, is the entire universe and dissolved. And then, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. We saw yesterday that we all human culture and civilization will be exposed to divine judgment, will be called to account. But how is this to be applied? And that's what verses 11 and 12 are doing. They are telling us how we should apply these things. We're already beginning to understand how we should apply them, but this is hammering the point home. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? See, Peter is saying, since all this is going to come to an end, what should we live like now? And he highlights two qualities there, holiness and godliness, and they do mean different things. Holiness describes lives that are separated to God, lives that are not founded on the values of the world. They describe uh, a separation that uh, rejects the corruption of the world and strives to honor God. That's holiness. It's just being different. It's the mark of the Christian believer. And godliness is describing a commitment to live the gospel. So what he's saying is that the application of these great truths is firstly we shouldn't live for this world. How could we live for this world knowing it is all going to be burned up and judged and be worthless at the end of time? How could we possibly found all our life on this world? But secondly, 
we should live out the gospel. You see, imagine Judgment Day. What is it that is going to be of supreme importance to every individual? And nobody will miss Judgment Day who will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and be judged. The answer is, have they had their sins forgiven? Are they righteous in the sight of God? Have they trusted in the death of Jesus Christ? Have they repented and believed? That's the question, and that's all that will matter on Judgment Day. The idea of uh, uh, poverty or justice or fair trade or environment or all the other things that people use the gospel for today won't count for anything. It is only the faithful preaching of the gospel for the forgiveness of sins that will matter on Judgment Day. And so he's saying that we should live lives framed on the gospel. If we love those we know who are not Christians, we will want to witness to the gospel, knowing that they will be held accountable. That's why the church age is not just the age of the scoffer. It is the gospel age. It is the age of evangelism. And that's why um, Christian believers shouldn't be driven by the agenda of the false church. You know, again and again, going back to God and saying, do you really mean what you say about sexuality? The Anglican Church has been examining this issue for more than 40 years. The Bible uh, is perfectly clear on what God thinks about sexuality. Or, do you really mean what you say about gender or about marriage or about all the other fashionable causes that are taken up? The Christian Church must not be diverted by these things, must not play the game in that sense. It has to be committed to evangelism. It has to be committed to godliness, to living out the gospel, to doing the work of God in the world with the gospel, not keeping riding the trends of society in a fashionable way that attracts admiration. And then Peter emphasizes, doesn't he, at the end of verse 12, the heavenly bodies four times, he says, set on fire and dissolved, and they will melt as they burn. It's all coming to an end. So the application is, don't live for the world and live for the gospel. And there is a third one. It is, endure the scoffers. That's why Peter puts it here, I think. Not just that they will try to put us off believing it, but their attentions will be the inevitable supplement of faithfulness to this doctrine. If you believe in this doctrine, you're going to be sniped at by scoffers. It's a bit like if you join the army. You can't join the army and then complain if you get shot at by the enemy. That's the contract into which you enter when you become a soldier. And uh, if you are shot at by the enemy in battle, a good soldier, a trained soldier, will keep doing the job he is required to do. That's what it means to be a proper soldier. He won't fling away his rifle and lie on the ground till the shooting's over. He will continue doing his job. And so it is with Christians. Just because we're being scoffed at and sniped at because we believe in unfashionable, supposedly out-of-date things, we should know that they are quite plainly true, they are of ultimate significance, and we should endure scoffing, never giving in to it, never changing our focus or our emphasis to accommodate it, never being ashamed of these great doctrines, especially the doctrine of the day of the Lord. 
Heavenly Father, please would your church indeed live lives of holiness, not wedded to the fame or recognition or fashion of our world, and would they live lives of godliness, loving your gospel and living out your gospel and witnessing to those around them. Father, we know that your dearest wish is that no one should perish and that all should reach repentance and give you glory by trusting in the Lord Jesus and knowing the forgiveness of sins. Father, please would your church share your heart and be faithful to the gospel. We pray this for ourselves and your church around the world. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. A word for today, helping you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. This podcast was brought to you by Lionsdown at lionsdown.org.